Welcome on edition of the Mexican Soccer Show, our audio now that we have. We have lots and lots to talk about today, and we're just going to jump right in with the question of the Knights. The top two teams are in the final. Is this the ending you expected? And we'll go with our experts today, our analysts, Mr. Tom Marshall and Adriana. We'll start Mr. Tom. How are you? The final is here, Tom. It's here. It's here. And uh, little Leon, I've made it, We saw. He must be very happy. I'm just, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit, Sorry not, to, <laughs> not to go crazy on the pod, just trying to be uh, unbiased as possible, yeah, <laughs> definitely excited. No, yeah, I mean, um, is it a surprise? Honestly, it. I think it is, it depends when you want to, you know, what, how far do you go back, do you go from the start of the season, if somebody told me that Tigres would be in the final, that's not a surprise, if somebody would have told me Leon would have been in the final, um, you know, then... Then, then, you get, then it is a bit of a surprise, you know. And then, when if somebody told you that Leon would, you know, top the regular season with forty points and, you know, get past America in the semi-finals and, you know, be be, be closing out this this series, this final series at home, then hundred percent. I mean, it's a massive, it's a huge shock that Leon have been so, have been so dominant. I mean, I think that you know sometimes when clubs that aren't favourite, you know, go for the title, a lot of the times the the kind of lower down and the you know. It's a it's a home and away series. They can get through to the to the semi final, and then you're only a couple of games away. I mean, it can happen, but um, in Leon's case, it's been the surprise has just been mainly just the domination. You know, they've been they've been so they've been so dominant, and I know they lost the game against America on Sunday, but you know, um, they, you know, they deserved it because they'd already gone to the Azteca and, and got the victory. So, um, so yeah, it is a bit of a surprise, but um, but yeah, you just have to give all the credit, I think, to to Leon for for the season they've had so far. Yeah, it's definitely a surprise when you're there, uh, when you're seeing it now as Leon, like you said, at the beginning of the season, anybody would have picked Leon, even as a Leon fan, you'd kind of, um, yeah, go get some uh, some lottery numbers because no one really saw this happening. Adriana, um, as far as the question of the two top teams, you know, not necessarily which two are going to be, but the top teams of Liga MX are in the final to you. It's an ending that's expected now that we're seeing Liga MX the disparity of the league change. Well, I think it was probably expected if you see like recent tendencies from Liga MX. I think the final we've had the most with the short, well, well the semester long tournament is the first place against second place. Oddly enough, it's the second place that has more championships in mm-hmm. Liga MX. So, yeah, good luck, Leon. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I like it because it means that it was like a, it was what's most fair for the season. I like it because it's Leon. It's just this team that got everybody psyched about their 12 consecutive victories. Um, I guess we all kind of like Tigres, but we're getting sort of tired of seeing them every other final. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of other stories going in place. I mean, you have Nacho Ambriz going for his for his first Liga MX title. You've got Guignac, on the other hand, just one goal away from being the top goal scorer in the club's history. So I like that all those stories are kind of taking place as well. But um, hopefully it'll be Leon. I, I like to see different clubs win. So I, I know Tigres fans are kind of psyched about getting another championship. But um, but hopefully it'll be Leon. I just want. I, I think it's a good merit to everything they've done this season. They had seven new players come in. They did amazingly well. And let's not remember that they're going to miss Macias um, next week because he um, will be joining the U20 national team for the World Cup. So let's see how that goes as well. Yes, we're going to jump right into La Gran Final, Felina. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about big news that came out with the Liga MX updates and the owners meeting. Uh, so we'll have a. Tom and Adriana just kind of gives an update on what we need to know about so many news. Sometimes it's hard to kind of keep up and all the different rules, and we'll go right into it, and we'll end the show with a, 
a little bit of El Tri talk, big, big list that came out last week, um, early in the week, and uh, big news that comes out of some of the players that are not there. We'll discuss that on tonight's edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. So let's go ahead and start. Before, actually, we're going to give a little shout-out if you were uh, – listening to us hopefully you are already on twitter and you're our friends and you're following us on on twitter the mexican soccer show has a liguilla madness and i'd like to congratulate already the finalists which uh miss amy our producer is in the final versus cari so an all-woman final first time ever in the mexican soccer show uh liguilla madness so there you go the females are taking over on the production and kind of got us i know i didn't even make the first round so tom i think made it uh, and got beaten by Amy and then Mr. John Arnold got beaten by Cari. So if you are a fan of all the predictions, see who wins. I'm pretty sure Cari's going to pick Leon. And, um, she uh, has so, to. So, yeah. she, she, so there you go, Amy. There's You can just go against because I, I do horrible when my teams are in the league. Yeah, that's why. That's my excuse <laughs> of why I didn't make it. So we'll be good. All right. Like that, you know, we talked a little bit about it. But um, let's go over what each team needs to do. Big, big um, – uh, at least key players that are missing for Leon that we're seeing. So, Adriana, to you, let's talk a little about Leon. You want them to win. You want the, you know, kind of a, especially the historic season. But if I have to pick an underdog, is it Leon's, uh, is it Tigres to lose? And uh, Leon's kind of on the underdog on this because of the players that are missing. Or is it just a Tigres hype that everybody expects them to win? I do think Leon could be the underdog despite being first place because they do have a less experienced team. I mean, you have Nacho Ambriz, who's never won a title. You've got Angel Mena, who came in from Cruz Azul. Um, you won't have Ruben Sambuesa during almost the entire season. You won't have Macias. So I do think that maybe they're the less experienced team. And then you have Tigres. I'm, I'm, I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure that most of their, of their players were just, uh, they won last year against Monterrey. Um, I'm pretty sure that several of them have won several times already as well. Um, you have Guignac, you have um, Jurgen Dam, you have Tuca, who is like probably the most experienced coach already in Liga MX. I think they're going for their seventh title in the last 10 years, something like that. So, I mean, if it's experience, it's definitely Tigres. So, yeah, I think Leon might be the underdog despite being first place. Yeah, I think I'd, I tend to agree. I mean, um, and, it, and it's strange. To, if you look at the raw numbers, then you, you definitely wouldn't say that because Leon have been superb. But and, and also even looking at Tigres, for me, they've not hit form. I mean, they're in this mm-hmm. final, really, without ever really convincing me that they, they're on top form. I thought they got, got a bit of luck against Pachuca. They, they got through due to the, to the finishing position. And they got through against Monterrey um, in the same, the same way. And it's so, actually the second time they make it to the final without actually winning any of the other series, like quarterfinals and semifinals. Yeah, so that's kind I mean, of odd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it also tells you, you know, they've not been blowing teams away. They've, you know, I don't know. So, so you know, there, there are question marks to do with Tigres, but um, yeah, obviously the Leon absences. I think Macias has been absolutely superb. I mean, watching him playing, you know, you know, get really, really big, important games and playing with that attitude that he's got. And and just you wouldn't you don't notice his age you know you don't notice that he's you know um, years old <laughs> yeah like play going playing in the under twenties I mean Chivas I mean he just looks completely at ease with the with his surroundings and and with the quality of the players around him and the quality of defenders that he's up against he looks like a real you know a real talent um, so that's that's a miss for Leon um, but yeah I think Ivan Rodriguez as well I mean he's really 
he's really stepped up. Um, and I thought we saw that in the first half against Club America, uh, you know, playing with Luis Montes and, and Ruben Sambuesa as your two central midfielders. Yeah. I don't know. You could see it was just too easy for Club America to slice through. I mean, Ruben Sambuesa is fine on the ball, um, but he'll probably be fine on the ball when he's 50. He's just, you know, he, his mobility now is, is vastly reduced. And so I don't think it's good to have him at the heart of your team. And I think I thought America exploited that. Um, but yeah, I think Rodriguez should be back for the final. I think he he brings the balance. I mean, he's one of those players you just don't notice really. But when you do notice, you, you kind of you become aware of just how just how important he is in 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 gluing all together all the rest of the cogs. Um, so yeah, I thought Fernando Navarro has obviously had a really good season, but I thought he was very very poor um, to be honest against. Against America, um, he's going to have to improve. He's playing like this interior role, so it's very interesting. But, but yeah, I, I think Tigres, you have to put them favourite. You just look at the individuals. You think they've got it. Um, they've been there. They've done it. And Leon, even you know, in that second half against America, and even the first half until the red card, I don't know. I'm not saying they were bad, but they they looked like they were rocking. They looked like they were there for the taking. And, and America basically played with two strikers in Roger Martinez and, and Nico Castillo, who, I don't know, it was almost like playing, especially Nico Castillo, it's like playing with nine and a half players. I mean, they were, they were really, really poor. I mean, even just, not just in front of goal, just the general play was, was very poor. When we Gignac's not going to be, Gignac's not going to be, you know, you can guarantee Gignac won't be, won't, will be completely up for it, not like Nico Castillo. Definitely, and just uh, will he please score already? I mean, we've all been expecting that 104th goal since like February, and then the injury came, and he didn't play like for a month, and we've all been expecting him to actually beat that record. So it would be really fun to see him actually beat it with a, during a final. No, but, no, it, wouldn't. it would not be fun if he scores well, in that. It's like, like if it's three zero, Leon, then oh, they could okay. score. <laughs> okay, well, it is it is mr mr Liguilla. um tom and, and adriana much of the controversy and we see it every time and kind of happening with the with the uh you know the way that both teams kind of advance at this final i think people that are, are new to Liga mechies are seeing a team that's losing or it's one one tied on the aggregate and you have that to you is it still a concern i feel like you win some you lose some so for me i've been on the receiving end of you know Leon not going past through because of that tiebreaker of uh, of the rankings, is that really going to change? And do you guys think it's fair? Uh, um, I don't know. It yeah. might be fair, like in quarterfinals and semifinals. Actually, I'm not sure if it stays for the final. Do you remember Tom? If they if you can use the first position, no. it's like whatever. You, no. no, it's not no. okay. If it's so level, I, it's I don't think. I don't. There's no away goals and there's no. And there's no final positioning. So if it's well, a draw, it goes to extra time, which is why well, quite, you know, regular see it. But then it is fair because, I mean, there's some merit to actually being better during the regular season when you're in quarterfinals and semifinals. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just that little extra that you did so well during the regular season that, yeah, in case it's it's tied or something, you can just make it through. So I think it's pretty fair if it's that way. And then it just doesn't count for the for the final. Yeah, I mean, the, the other argument is that you go the other way and, you know, you just completely get rid of the away goals and you just say, um, you know, the highest finishing position is is the one that goes, if in if it's a draw, the highest finisher goes through. Um, mm. I don't know. I mean, a few years ago, I, I was like, oh, they've got to have away goals just to fit in with, you know, the, the rest of the footballing world. But I think these days, I don't know, I've kind of changed my mind. I mean, if you're going to have two seasons, you know, two seasons every year. Um, and, you know, obviously 
the regular season you want to make as as important as you can, then I don't know. It's almost like I don't know. It almost makes sense to to just make it just the the regular season standings. If that if after 180 minutes there's no difference between the teams, then you know the uh, then you um, then the one that finishes higher goes through, and then you forget about the way goals and all that kind of thing. Um, and and it you know there's a big incentive then to finish in the top four. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe teams wouldn't sit sit back. I mean, if you look at the semi-finals, they all finished one nil, like every yeah. every single one of them. Um, and I think some of that, the, the sometimes teams are worried when they're playing away from home. I mean, not not the Club America Leon series, but playing away from home, it's I don't know the the oh sorry, even playing at home. You know, they're so worried about receiving an away goal that I don't know. It's um, there's a tendency to be more defensive. Whereas if away goals simply didn't count. And I think they'd attack each other even more than they do. I think it's it's it, as much as we don't like it. I think it makes sense and it's the most fair thing you can do because of that the short season. If we didn't have the short season, then I understand. And that's what the other parts of the world don't have. Um, wherever there's kind of tournaments, the away goal rules, and you're seeing that. But because we have the short season, you know, at week nine, week ten, if you've had seven wins, eight wins, or you know, you can pretty much coast off. Why not make it, you know, and try to get that first? Um, and you're seeing that that's kind of the reward. But I do agree with you that you teams take advantage of that. There's no way that Leon wasn't at least taking advantage that America needed to score two goals regardless in that Leon at Leon in order for them to advance. As soon as America scored that one, you saw Leon completely change game plan, almost to a nervous breakdown when I saw the way that they were playing without possession. It could have been obviously because, you know, Luis Montensen and um, Tom West. You're right; you, they could not hold the middle, and America was exploiting that. But at the same time, I saw a very, a very nervous Leon not doing what they were supposed to be doing the whole season because of that one goal at the beginning. Because if it was two, that means two zero on the. On on the aggregate and the away, it kind of just kind of makes you extreme in there and what you have to do next. So I, I pose that question because there's everybody that kind of complains because of it. But I go back to I've been on both sides of it. I don't like it when I lose, and I don't really complain when it's kind of our. So it's it's good to talk about it and kind of explain to to a lot of people that are new to the league how it works. I think there were some tweets there that how how's that team going through? So we'll see that. Um, questions for the. I won't say losers, but American Monterrey, <laughs> who um, had quite great seasons as we do that. What's going to happen to them? How do you rate their seasons, good or bad? I know, obviously, Piojo's always been in the Katsi. I don't think anybody's seeing that he's leaving. And then Monterrey's disappointing him because I think a lot of people had um, them going through the final and the way that they won in the CONCACAF Champions League, um, you know, Pizarro, the players that are there now, and the great form from last season or this season. But to you guys, rating America and Monterrey as a season's how I gotta take it. I really don't like Monterrey because I had them, I had them winning. I had them winning <laughs> my prediction seat, and that that would have given me ten necessary points that I actually, I'm really desperate to get. Um, I really thought they'd make it through. I mean, they were coming in really good form. Um, they had great finish for the, the regular season. They won the Concacaf against Tigres. Um, mm-hmm. So how much more energy can you get after beating your arch rival um, in the CONCACAF final? But yeah, um, I wouldn't say it was a failure because I do think they played quite well. But um, seeing as though it doesn't really count unless you win the Liga MX championship, yeah, I guess it does feel like a failure to them. Especially because I think it's going to be 10 years now since they last won Liga MX. So yeah, yeah um, 
I, yeah, it's tough for, for Diego Alonso. I mean, there's there, they said there was this curse with the new stadium as well. They're not winning there, stuff like that. But it does it did seem like they were it was a turnaround after winning the CONCACAF, especially after beating Tigres. So I guess, yeah, it does feel like a failure despite it not being entirely one. And for America, I think it is a bigger failure. I mean, especially if you remember how they started off the season and they bought in mm-hmm. Nico Castillo. It was a record uh, contract for them. Um, he came in after being with Pumas previously in Liga Max. And, um, so it, it just seemed like America had everything set to be in the final and try to win that second championship in a row. But, I mean, if you take into consideration that, yeah, you had um, players like Oribe Peralta being injured most of the season. You had Nicolas Benedetti also out due to injury. Nico Castillo wasn't... I think he never really reached his best form during the season. So that was probably the biggest disappointment for, for America. Um, but yeah, let's, I mean, let's remember how many players they have for the national team, different levels. Um, you still got, I mean, you have Guido Rodriguez, who's just an amazing player, probably the best midfielder in the season and still not making it through the final. I do think it's a bigger failure for America. I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know. You need, you need some luck as well, don't you? I mean, I think with America, when Edson Alvarez was injured for those, for those, for the semis and the quarters, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Edson Alvarez has just become such an important player. Um, and I think that Guido Rodriguez and, and Edson Alvarez compared to Guido Rodriguez and uh, Mateo Uribe, and Uribe is a fine player, a Colombian international, but He's just so much more attack-minded, and I just think the balance of the team is better with Edson and Guido. Um, Edson gets injured, and I, yeah, I just thought he upset the balance um, of the America team. I mean, and you need you need kind of bits of luck like that. And America basically had the 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 big, big striker, the big signing, Nico Castillo. You know, not just a little bit off form, but just he just looks like he's lost all confidence. So, uh, but I think he'll be back. I think he's a top player. He looks a little bit overweight, even. I mean, it's, it's, I've not seen him in person, but definitely on the TV. He looks like he needs a you know a proper preseason to get to get 100% fit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think America will be back. I mean, let's not forget they they drew you know they drew against against Leon. They they beat him in Estadio Leon, and for a bit of better finishing, they could have they could have been in the final. So you know, there's always a fine line, isn't there, between um, success and failure. Specifically, I mean, in all sports, obviously, but specifically when it's these playoff series, I mean, you, there's no guarantee, and I think that that folds over into Monterrey. I mean, you know, Adriana, I agree, saying you know, ten years without a tr- trophy is ridiculous now for a team of Monterrey's team of, of size, you know, and the money that's that's behind it. But they've just won the Concacaf Champions League. Um, you know, they they just drew against. You know the, the the most expensive team or the second most expensive assemblies expensively assembled team in Liga MX. The rivals. I mean, it was a draw over the over the two legs. Um, Alonso just gets so much stick for all that. I mean, saying that he was just playing defensively. I mean, I just think he's pragmatic. He plays to the the style that that with of the players that he has at his disposable to kind of maximize them. You know, it was good enough in the Concacaf Conca, Champions League final. You know, Tigres were getting all the all the abuse and, and Tuca for, you know, resting Gignac and all this. And and then, you know, obviously a couple of weeks later, it just changes. I mean, it's, it's fickle. Um, but I think Diego Alonso, me, I mean, I saw some of the comments on, on Twitter were like, this is an absolute disgrace and all this kind of thing. And it's like, he just reached a semi-final. He finished third in the league. He's won the CONCACAF Champions League. It's not, I don't know, Monterrey are going to be there or thereabouts next season again. Um, obviously, at some point, they're going to have to bring the trophy home. But, um, 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's difficult to it's difficult to say that it was a complete failure when um, when you draw when you draw against your bitter rival who is also a very very good team. Yeah, I think if you put Monterrey and Tigres together, they combine to be an amazing team on their successes. If you have one team that can't win international trophies and the other team that can't win the league, but when you put them together, they've accomplished a lot. The yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, no. uh, and I think that's that's there. There it is. I mean, it's 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 great. It's I right now I would say it's the best rivalry in Liga MX, right? I mean, more than yeah. Chivas. I mean, I think, I think that's what's it, good about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the interesting thing about it was this last weekend was that it, it didn't generate the hype. As, as much as previous ones. And it's almost like we've seen the 2017 Apertura final. We've seen the CONCACAF Champions League now. It's almost like we're getting used to this rivalry a bit, a bit too much. You know, we're not appreciating it as, as like we should because we've seen it so often. I mean, let's not forget, if you want to talk about power in the Mexican game, that um, over the space of, what, eight days or something, you had, um, you know, you had four Liga MX Femenil semifinals Two Liga MX Femenil final games. Um, what? Uh, yeah, four. No, yeah, two semi-finals and 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 the Concacaf Champions League final over two legs. So I don't know how many games that is, but over the last like month, that city has had so many big games. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. And obviously, Tigres could win the title, so it could be Tigres win the Liga MX title, Tigres win the Liga MX Femenil title, Monterrey could have won the CONCACAF Champions League final. Monterrey are in the final of the under-20s as well. Um, and so, I don't know, it, it's been... I mean, people from the centre of the country, like Adriana, no, I'm only joking, but, but they don't like... <laughs> but a lot, of the, a lot of the, you know, the Mexico City journalists, and, and you know, let's be honest, those are, those are the people with the, um, with the sway. Those are the people making decisions, deciding what's front page, what's not front page, where things go. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's not... The the classical Regio hasn't got the the press it deserved, but the same thing for Leon. I mean, Leon Leon's season. If this was Club America or Chivas, you know, oh, we'd be going it, it crazy. Would, it would be absolutely all over. I mean, some of the numbers that Leon have, have have you know notched up this season are unbelievable. But yet, I don't know. It still still seems like kind of the second story. But obviously now the big four teams are out with America going. Um, you know, I think I think this week now is is Leon's Leon's time to shine and and. You know, we'll see if they stand up in the, in the big final. I'm, now you I'm have good with the, that. The fifth grade team. But now, but now there's a discussion if if Tigres should be considered the fifth grade team in, in no. Liga MX. How many? Uh, it, I, it could be. I, it mean, could, if, I, I mean, if we're going by championships or we're going with... Well, I, I don't think you could go by championships anymore. I mean, because if you did, you'd have to consider Toluca as well. Yeah, exactly. With the semester-long tournaments. So I think it has to do not only with the number of championships. I mean... We were looking at numbers. The last 10 uh, Liga MX finals, nine of them had a northern team, be that Santos, Tigres, or Monterrey. So, yeah, the, the, the capital like teams are kind of um, envious, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah. I mean, if you look at Tigres, they had, like, three consecutive titles in the Clausura tournament, which just seemed odd, and then now they're again in the, the Apertura tournament. So, it, I, I mean, again, I, I, it, was, it was backwards. Three in the Apertura tournaments, three consecutive titles in that semester, and now they're making the final in the Clausura um, and then two years ago, it was against Chivas, also in the Clausura. So, I mean, it, it might not have to come down to the number of championships. It's just a team that's gotten this attention nationally. You, you have all these amazing players. I mean, you look at the bench and you're envious just by, by looking at how many players they have and the talent that they have. 
Um, Tuca Ferretti is, is just one title away from, from tying Nacho de Treyes as the most uh, the coach with most wins in Liga MX as well. So it just seems like, yeah, they, it could be. I mean, it, it's a team some like many people want to support now because it's so consistent. Yeah. No, and I think we can have a whole discussion on what the whole big teams. Everyone's got their definition of their big teams. It could be fans. It could be championships. It could be the size. It could be recent. So and I, I think we should devote one podcast until what everybody develops and maybe have like a Mexican <laughs> soccer show rules of like this is for at least our group of individuals what big teams are. I mean, you know, I if anything, I'm like, I'm Leon, here we go. It could be the eighth championship, but you know, it's, it's, we were in If Leon wins, the they're going to tie Cruz Azul with eight championships. Exactly. I'm just saying. There we go. I'm just saying. All right. We're going to, we're going to switch and we're going to jump into our, uh, our next segment. Uh, but before we do that, um, who wins? So you could both have Tigres winning. Or we're going to go with, if you would have Again, to Again, I put Monterrey that. in my prediction sheet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like the, I, I mean, I, I, th- we, I think we all kind of like Tigres, except I know I understand right now, we saw you're in a bit of a problem <laughs> with that. But I, it's a, it's a, you like to see them win because they do it so well and they have these amazing players. And I, 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 Despite Tuca being grumpy all the time, I think we all kind of like him. Um, <laughs> but... Grumpy I, uncle. I, I like Leon because of the season it had, and I like the fact that so many players got a second opportunity at a team like Ruben Sambuesa, Macias, Mena, and they did so well. I like that. The story so, of Leon is huge. Yeah, so I think I'd be, I want Leon to win, but I think Tigres might have yeah. the experience to yet to beat them. Before Tom says this, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I see as an underdog if I have to bet. I'm not saying everyone's like, oh, you're not going for your team. I, I didn't. I honestly didn't think Leon could beat America. I thought it's way too much what America could have, and I almost started seeing it in the second game. Not that I'm not giving them credit and what they've done, but at the same time, I'm looking at that. Um, I hope we win. I hope Leon takes it and just kind of proves everybody wrong, proves me wrong, maybe because I always underplay how Leon does well. I didn't, In both championships, you know, back with the Bicampeonato, I'm like, I think we're the underdog and we're not going to win. So, but I do that with my team. So I, I can't give you a biased, uh, unbiased uh, uh, response. So if I had to pick, I mean, yeah, Tigres has, 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 could win this game. And, and especially with Las Bajas de Leon. Tom, to you, Tigres wins? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'd always go for Tigres because I think they're the best team and they've done it before, you know. Um, I, I'm not sure I agree completely with Adriana, I think, with in terms of Tigres' popularity. Because I think that, I don't know, I think I think they have been popular and, and you know, they've definitely, like, kind of made a statement. But I I, I don't know. I, I might be reading this wrong, but I think there's a, there's a kind of line that's a bit sick of them. You know, the, the bit sick of Tigres reaching the final and lifting yeah, trophies. Everybody else and, is losing against them. <laughs> Yeah, and, and just being kind of like, I don't know, I want to see someone else. So I, I think the neutral in Mexico would go for Leon. I mean, I, I don't know, because, they, you know, they're not, they're, not, they're not those noisy neighbors, you know, shouting about, you know, signing the players, like, you know, not really bringing through Mexicans. Um, you know, they're the, the kind of, they're now the powerful club. You know, they're, they're now the favorite, even though Leon has yeah. finished above them. You know, they're, they're, there's a bit of arrogance to Tigres these days. Um Whereas Leon are just this kind of surprise package that play absolutely brilliant football. I mean, just so attractive to watch. Um, you know, the one a one team town. The, the all the all the fans get behind them. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think they've been like. I, don't, I just think Leon are, are a well liked team. Um, so, but yeah, but well, I'm going for Tigres. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, there we go, guys. 
Uh, we'll see what happens uh, on, in this week's and no more Liga MX for a while. We'll see that. So uh, we're jumping right into our next segment. So our Liga MX updates. Huge, huge owner meetings came out. And then we're seeing durante la Asamblea de Duelos. Que se hizo oficial there in Liga MX. Um, news are coming out. If I have to tell you guys for... Uh, there's always these crazy rules. If you don't follow Liga MX a ton, um, definitely ask the experts. You know, Cesar, Adriana, Tom, Amy, if you see... Uh, sometimes I can answer these questions because there's definitely a lot of things that happen and um, we aren't really forewarned with these. Um, so let's talk to you guys. What is the biggest news, Adriana and Tom, that came out of this Liga MX that we should know about um, that will affect us in our viewership, in the way that we follow teams, and that's changing there at Liga MX? Well, first of all, I think um, despite what everyone believed was right and ethical and correct and honest, um, Veracruz is staying in the league. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, apparently they paid 120 million pesos to avoid relegation, which is a new rule, I think, set to protect um, more popular teams. Um, they still have some issues to get through. They still have some debts that they have to pay. But if they do that, um, they'll stay next season. And since Atletico San Luis was promoted, we're going to have a 19-team league next season, which we haven't had in a while. It obviously but what's the, means... Let me tell yeah. you, what's, what is the... the you know, you're, you're saying it as, oh, they're just paying to get relegated. What's, what's the position that Liga MX is saying that is the correct way? Because it's not like, hey, let's pay to stay in the Primera. What's their official positioning of why it's, this is good? Well, the, 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 um, because the terrible they, about the terrible about communicating stuff like that. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the problem. You know, they're, yeah, they're absolutely like terrible. Interpreting but... hieroglyphics or something. Yeah, it's they're terrible about communicating stuff properly. I mean, the rule book is is you have to decipher it. It's not clear about many things. Well, it's, so... it's actually the rule book doesn't say anything about very <laughs> the relegated club being allowed to pay the way back in. The oh rule, yeah, this, the is, this is an agreement. Says, yeah, yeah, the, the, the rule book. <laughs> yeah, if the the rule says if if. If the promoted team satisfy the requirements to be in the first division, then the relegated team just goes down. Um, mm -hmm. But then, then there's kind of another statement that says the executive committee will have the final decision. And so obviously the executive committee has allowed Veracruz to pay. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem. And, and going back, I think they want 20 teams. Is that I mean, it? The is that, is that the idea teams. that they want 20 teams? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's what yeah. they're going through, but not necessarily. I mean, reading between the lines, I mean, I Got think... It. You know, organizations that were good at PR and, and, you know, good at kind of selling the message and selling the idea would be very, very clear about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's going back to like last February or something where the, you know, where the League of president came out and said, we want to go to 12, 20 teams. Um, but obviously, it's just a strange way of going about getting there. Yeah. So I guess that's probably what we should be. I don't know if psyched is the word about it. I mean, I like the idea of having 19 teams. I especially, I especially like seeing Atletico San Luis make it through because they're, they're the first team with a mostly foreign investor. I mean, Atletico Madrid has been supporting them quite well. I mean, they have interesting players. So I, I like the fact that they're back. I'm not quite sure I agree on Veracruz staying because this is a team that's had all like any number of problems, whatever you can think about. I mean, the owner complained to the referee committee. He kind of hit one of them. Um, he's been suspended twice from even being in the stadium. Um, they owe players money. Um, they, fired, they revealed that they had a coach with no contract and then they revealed that they had players with double contracts, one that's the official one and then the other one where they give money so um, they could play, pay less taxes. So, I mean, it's, it's terrible all around, but okay. I mean, for some weird reasons, some agreement they came to today just said, okay, they'll stay, they paid and they just have to like uh, pay off some more debt that they have with some other players and clubs. 
and apparently they'll stay. So I think that's probably the most um, important issue that was solved today. Um, other things, I mean, the cup tournament is going to change format. I think many people are psyched about that because it 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 it, it, it is a bit tedious after after a while. I mean, it's it's this tournament that wasn't as popular as some people thought it would be. The Copa so, MX. Yeah, the Copa MX. So they're going to make it a, a year long tournament, not not a semester long tournament. So I think also the clubs appreciate that because. Um, they were losing lots of players due to national team call-ups, and then they had midweek activities, and then they kind of complained about the calendar a bit. So I think that's that they'll appreciate that now it's a semester. I mean, it's a year-long tournament and not a semester-long tournament. Okay. I know there's uh, also some Liga MX Femenil. I'm Big news about that. I actually think it's like after the 19 teams, um, Liga MX Femenil eliminated the group system. Um, they used to have two groups, and mm -hmm. then uh, all these teams would face each other twice during the year, and then the best four teams out of each group would make it to the quarterfinals. Now they're going to eliminate that. First of all, we have 19 teams as well, because to be in first division, you need to have a, a, a women's team. So Atletico de San Luis will have a female team uh, next season. And they're going to have um, a regular tournament, I guess. Uh, everybody, everybody faces each other. I'm not sure if it's going to be exactly the same calendar as the men's side. It would be interesting if they did, because that way, I guess we could fight for the like a, a women's team uh, game before the men's or something like that. That would be really nice. Uh, but they haven't revealed that yet. The calendar isn't out for either of the tournaments. And they also allowed Mexican-American players uh, to play, which was... There we go. It was it was just stupid for, like, from the beginning. I don't understand how they could actually say that Mexican-American players couldn't be in the league um, because they were Mexican. I mean, they have dual citizenship, but they, they were Mexican. So I think it's going to be really interesting because we'll see so many national team players now have the opportunity to play in Mexico. I think it could elevate the level as well. And the competition will be also great because now we'll see Monterrey visiting Mexico City and you'll see the teams in Mexico City traveling to Guadalajara. So I think it will be also great for fans to see all the teams. We haven't seen all the combinations possible despite some of them facing each other in quarterfinals. So now we'll actually see everyone visiting every other stadium, and I think that will be great for fans as well as well as competition. When so you we're say getting that, and I th and we're getting six older players, which is six players above 25 years. And it could be any. And obviously, you said Mexican American, but is that also anyone else that's not Mexican American, or is that? I mean, can you start? Start getting people from all over the world, or is that probably the no, next step? No, it's only it's only Mexican Americans. Mexican American, okay. no I mean. Born not yeah. American players. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's badly worded as well. I mean, it's one of those yeah. rules that they've just thrown out there because, you know, what is Mexican-American? I mean, is that, that that means that people, you know, is, is somebody born in Mexico with a U.S. passport, you know, Mexican-American? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So it's just, uh, and, and therefore, if, if, if they do have an Amer uh, American passport, does that mean they take up one of the spots? Because I think uh, the Pachuca goalkeeper, um you know, he's, he's actually the only Mexican-American in the league, but she was born in Mexico. And and so, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'm just being a bit pedantic there. But, you know, sometimes they write the rules and they're not thinking about what the meaning is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because Mexican-Americans, it's such a big phrase. It's not even dual national, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like Mexican-American. I, I, I assume it means you need passports for both countries. But, I mean, they don't they don't explain that. But Yeah, it's not Yeah, clear. no. I mean... I mean, the only negative, I mean, it's, it's a very, very positive for Liga MX Femenil, 100%. I mean, it's just uh, the possibilities now of signing players that are older, uh, bringing the experience of, of, you know, playing perhaps in other leagues and stuff. Uh, I think I think some of the 
big, big names from the national team are going to be attracted to Liga MX Femenil. Um, and I think that with the Mexican American players as well, the quality is going to improve. And I mean, that's the, you know, that's what the league's got to be about. And I think this is a great step because, you know, hopefully it's the first of a few steps because if, if there is, if, if there are foreigners allowed in a couple of years, then, you know, again, you can just see this league suddenly becoming really, really attractive on a, on a global level if it's managed okay. Um, the only the only thing I would say is like kind of a bit of a negative is that I just hope it doesn't kind of emphasize the gaps that already exist between mm-hmm. the haves and haves nots in the feminine in the Liga MX feminine. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, you look at Tigres, Monterrey, certain other teams, you know, perhaps Pachuca, America, and and you look at and and you can see they're spending money, they're really trying, and, and it's kind of a source of pride, you know, to that the women's team is is also competing for titles. But then you look to some of the other teams, and we, you know, we all know who they are, and and you know they're not doing that. And I just, I just hope that you know, the bigger teams are the bigger teams just going to get better. You know, are these rules now going to mean that they go out and spend more money, bring better players, and the gap widens between the top and the bottom? I mean, I think that's the that's the only concern. But I mean, it's a, you know, I think it's a, a minor one considering considering the positives of this rule. Um, but yeah, going back to the men's side, I mean, I, I think for me the biggest one, the biggest rule change, um, and, and let's not forget we've, um, well, what else we've got? We've got the, um, we've got the the tournament as well between MLS and Liga MX clubs, yeah. which you know they've not confirmed yet, but it looks like Cruz Azul, Tigres, Cholos, America, and then Chicago Fire, Real Salt Lake, Houston Dynamo, and Los Angeles Galaxy. Um, they just pick randomly, like who wants to join and put in a pool. This time, how, yeah. How pick? This time, yeah. But moving forward, there's going to be some kind of stipulation because it's very difficult at this point, you know. And I think they just want to get this going this year. I think it's really important. Let's get it going. The Concacaf Champions League for the MLS and Liga MX team doesn't doesn't start until next year. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I heard. I, think that, I heard they ask uh, LAFC if they wanted to be in this, and Carlos Bell was like, "No, we don't want to." Carlos Bell <laughs> making the decisions now. He's making the decision for the club too. He's like, no, we're, but, we're not. Uh, we're but, yeah. that. but yeah, the, the other two big things, um, Olegi Sports, but you know, total control now of Atlas. That's absolutely massive. Charlos fans are happy. Charlos. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I was like, Atlas oh, fan. Sorry, Atlas <laughs> fans are happy. I was looking at a news on Charlos right now. Atlas <laughs> fans are happy. Got a little text from a friend that says, get ready. Oh, wait. <laughs> is he an Atlas fan or is he a Cholos fan? He's an Atlas fan. He's an Atlas fan. Oh, but, I mean, yeah. you know, the the you know Santos. When you look at the league titles and stuff, they've been one of the most successful teams of the last ten years. Their youth uh, system is amazing. The youth system I mean, I, I amazing. I hope Atlas can like ha- get half of that like like efficiency with their youth system. I mean, Atlas was one of yeah. the the better teams with their youth system, and it kind of got lost in the way. No, so but I tell you Santos what, Santos can teach them that. That would be amazing. No, I mean, but I think it's already happening. I think that side's already happening at Atlas, because you've got the Spanish guy, Esperigares, who's in there, and he he was at Santos, and he he kind of designed the the youth system over there at Santos, and and a big reason that we saw so many, or we have seen so many players coming out at Santos was because of him. You know, he's he's from over there in Spain. He's brought this kind of, you know, he, I don't know. I've heard very very good things about him. He's been at Atlas now for a couple of years, and. The under twenties final, Atlas are in it. The under seventeens final, oh, Atlas are in it. Oh yeah, the U seventeen as well. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean that that's positive sign. But I just I don't know. This this for me is the the biggest underperforming club in Mexico. Just so huge potential. 
Olegi Sports win what they've done at Santos. Are, I don't know. They're just a very rational organization. Um, and, I, and I think, I don't know, this is, I think it's great for the league. I mean, obviously, the, the multi ownership is a mm-hmm. big question mark. It's not ideal in any way. Um, but the other side of it is you've got, you know, another good owner at the club who are, who are probably going to do things right. Um, but yeah, but for me, the biggest news, I think, of the whole day was the the new rules for the transfers and contracts. Um, oh, yeah. You know, another for, for unwritten me, rule. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this this could. I mean, I don't know because we've not we've not got the explanation of exactly what the what the new kind of rules are. But I mean, obviously, the players wanted freedom of contract, and if the players have actually the players' association actually won freedom of contract for Liga MX, it's absolutely massive. You know, it's this today is like the Bosman rule in in, Mexico, in in Europe. I mean, it changed football in in a lot of ways. It changed the football industry. And 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 today, with what's happened in Mexico, if if that is what these new rules are, that a player, when he when a contract runs out, is free to go anywhere he wants or he or she wants, um, then it, it's massive. I mean, it's it's going to change. It, uh, you know, it's going to make it easier for Mexican players to go abroad. 100% because if they're in the last year of the contract then clubs are now going to accept lower offers for um, for the players I mean you look at Edson Alvarez now and you know the fact he signed a new contract last week and it kind of makes sense now maybe you know maybe he only had a year on his contract and you know he, obviously America wanted to re-sign him so I don't know it's going to change a lot of things I think the prices of Mexican players are going to go down um, because obviously they don't hold the value now the, you know the, the the value diminishes as the contract diminishes. So I don't know. I think this could be um, a, it's potentially a big moment and and in, in the kind of dynamic of the Mexican game. Interesting to see all the thing that just kind of comes out in these types of meetings and how everything just changes. Oh, and they're they're, they're having another one in a couple of weeks. So wait for that. <laughs> and it's like the Liga MX communications seems like, all right, here we go. Here's all these things that happened today, and you're just kind of reading, and then I'm like, okay, all right, wow, these are all every single one of those could just be a big time news, and they're all just kind of coming out like that, and it changes the games dramatically. But that's and they know it because they won't they won't give a press conference like before. Now no. they just give you like the press release, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't even ask questions like, "Hey, why isn't this clear? What happened with this rule? Stuff like that." So, well, um, especially with yeah, that's yeah, why I was a little bit confused. I'm like, hold on, I, I I go back to you, Tom, with the whole PR. Like, what is the reason they're doing it? At least the reason on the surface, not necessarily underneath why the real reason is. And we automatically go to the negative. We're like, well, they want this. They want more money. It's like this. It's like this. So it's it's kind of funny we have that. So. Yeah. But they almost they sometimes want to rush it out. It's like there's so many things that went on there. Yeah. You better just wait until the next day. Everybody leaves in silence, and then you put something together, a document together, which is really well written, you know, well presented, and then you have a press conference or you give out a press release with everything specific because all this stuff about a binational tournament and you know Mexican American players, six of them. I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's it's not very well defined. You know what I mean? For me, for me at least, I don't know. And and the, and the very cruise thing. I mean, it's not explained that they actually paid. I mean, we were assuming that they paid, but here they said no. It was just decided that uh, very cruise are staying. Not not like just if you just take a step back and, and read the and read the kind of statement from the league. Just imagine in another league that a team gets relegated, and then um, you know at the end of the season, the league just comes out and says, oh, you know what? Uh, no, the 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 staying now. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like, 
there's no, uh, there's no, you know, basically it's like the word they used is said, said determinant. Like it was determined yeah. that 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 Veracruz will stay. And it's like, who, who determined that? Like, where did that come from? Well, they want to run the league that they want, the way that they want to run it. It's, I think. It's, oh, they already do. So, I mean, it comes back. This is a corporation, everybody. This isn't this isn't a government entity that's trying to do what's right for the people. This is you know, this is a business that they're trying to run, and that's the determination we've made as uh, stockholders. I think that's just kind of how they run things. All right, well, we'll keep updating you on the other league MX, especially when it comes out. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep asking those questions to make sure that we can at least get what's on the surface and what's not. Let's jump into El Tri Talk Big List. It came out last week, and everybody kind of went crazy on the novella that we hear. Uh, it's happening with some of the players that are not there. Uh, no pun intended with the novella. But uh, 29 players got picked. It could be up to 40 but Tata Martino already said and cut it down to, to 29 in the Summers Tournament, which is the Gold Cup, which is the CONCACAF uh, tournament here, um, which will be playing soon, coming up in June. And the big news that came out of some of the players that aren't there. So let's jump kind of right into the talk. Big news that I think, I mean, everyone kind of already saw this happening, but we were waiting for confirmation as to Carlos Vela not being on the squad uh, reasons finally focusing on the club and family, which didn't really come out until we saw the list. Uh, we see Hector Herrera, which we've already known, not going to be on the list. Kind of That kind of got leaked out a few weeks back, focusing on, well, I guess the official that hasn't been announced on uh, his new club that's coming up. Uh, Tecatito not being called up. Um, I think everybody knows the reasons as to why and the drama that happened back in March. Um, there's some notable injuries there with Edwin Lozano, probably not going to be in the uh, at least at the starting of the Gold Cup. Not sure if he's going to be towards the end. But when you're looking at oh, and also Mr. Chicharito Hernandez, who has asked to take the summer off uh, to focus, uh, obviously the birth of his child and um, newborn. That's that's due. So notable losses, uh, losses, especially for the fans. I know that many people are seeing those beloved players that are there uh, tactically. Um, I would say Torreira is definitely someone that's needed there, Tecatito and Carlos Vela and, and you know, Irving Lozano. But to you guys, to, to kind of talk and have this chat, um, what did you make of all this with, I still think just the communication is the biggest problem that there is when news comes out of the national team. If they can just get on top of it. If Vela could have just said, hey, I'm not playing. I'm focusing on my club from the very beginning instead of this, well, we're just having coffee and we're seeing if whoever wants to play. We're still not sure what the reason is. But I'll go to you, Tom. Follow the national team. You're going to be next to them all summer long. Uh, We got the list out. Many people are saying, let's just focus on the players. But I got to get your opinion on all this drama. I mean, uh, I mean, right. My, My opinion is if you look at each individual case, aside from Tecatito, Tecatito's the one that is just, he's kind of an outlier. I don't know what's gone on there. Um, it seems like Martino has just kind of been making a statement with him and he's he's just not happy. He's not happy with how that how everything's been dealt with. Um, and that and that's, I think that's separate. You know, Herrera, you can kind of rationalise him not being there. You know, it's true. He's played every summer since 2012. Uh, Chicharito, he's having his first kid. Obviously, his wife's, you know, based in London. Um it's difficult. It's difficult to go and play a, an international tournament um, when that's going on. And then, um, obviously, Vela. Well, it's Vela. I mean, he wasn't there in March. I'm not sure. I, I didn't expect him to be in the summer because once he said no in March, then why would he suddenly 
changed his mind. But it, I mean, didn't, but it didn't come out as that, though. No, that, I mean, that's official was like, I, 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 I don't want him on the team, or I chose yeah. to, you know, leave him off, and that's where I think where I kind of get like, can, why can't they just come up with what, what's needed? Like, what's yeah, story? I just don't think he, I don't, I just don't think he likes being with the national team. I don't think he enjoys himself. I mean, even his body language when you see him at LAFC, you know, he's happy, he speaks to the media, you know, he, he just, he's just completely different. And then you see him kind of around the national team, even at the World Cup, and he kind of just. He walks past everyone. He doesn't speak. You know, he, he's just very, he's just different. He doesn't look happy. I mean, he doesn't look, you know, he's, he doesn't want to be there. And I think, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you can rationalize all those, but it, the overriding um, conclusion is that as a collective, I mean, this is really bad. This is bad for the national team. This is bad for Tata Martino. Um, does it mean Mexico can't win the Gold Cup? Of course not. There's plenty of, there's pl- plenty of quality there to win the Gold Cup. But, um, but you know, he, he's, it's a blow. I mean, it's, this is the first major call-up, and and the three of the the top players have rejected it. I mean, just that's just that's just not good. Then you go dig a little bit deeper, and you think from Tata Martino, he's been in there five only five months. Dennis De Crossi was a big important figure in him, you know, in, in getting him to join the Mexican national team. As was Guillermo Cantu. Okay, Dennis is already over there with LA Galaxy. Then you've got Cantu, who's leaving the federation at the end of the Gold Cup. Now, Cantu, a lot of people don't know him, uh, uh, um, but he likes a certain type of football, and he likes the type of football that Martino plays. You know, That's why he went to interview Pochettino. That's why you know he, he tried to get in contact with Bielsa. He likes a certain style of play. And now suddenly, the kind of Martino's, he's had the rug pulled on from under him. Now there's only Torrado there, and Torrado is... Good guy, he seems intelligent, but he's been there a very, very short time. He's only been retired a very short time. And now all of a sudden, he's got all the responsibility of being alongside a manager with so much experience. Um, adding to the equation, the fact that Cop- the Copa America 2020, uh, Martino was saying that it doesn't look like Mexico are going to be involved because of because of CONCACAF. And I mean, Martino in the first five months of his of his reign, it's not been... I mean, the friendlies were great in March, and I'm not saying the summer's going to go badly or, or, or things are going to, you know, just collapse, but I don't know, there's a few things that must, for Tata Martino, be extremely worrying. That's that's kind of my take on it, Weasel, really. Just, you know, if you look at the players individually, then, yeah, you can rationalise it, but then if you take a step back and look at the whole situation, you're like, it's a bit weird, you know? There's a bit something a bit strange going on here. It's kind of like... The never-ending kind of storyline that we don't really see what's really happening with the communication they do really bad at, at. and I'm I'm with you there. How can you say well, it's okay for players to do it, and then you know then other players are going to do it, and then when is a national team kind of like all right? You know, you're, it's not the military. Someone tweeted that at me. It's not the military. You get people have to come to the national team, but at the same time, when you're asked not to. Uh, in, in my opinion, then, okay, then you don't want to be a part of the national team. It's not whether you choose or not to because a, a, you know, a coach needs to know who's going to be a part of his team and how he plans on playing with those players, not knowing, well, I might have them this month or I might have them another month. It's just not saying for the national team. I don't know if that happens anywhere else. Sure, there's players that say no, but if you're going to be a part of the team, be a part of the team, if you're going to retire, then say you retire. If Carlos Vela doesn't like to be... Yeah, just say so. Just say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm. I don't want to be a part of it. This is, you know, I don't enjoy it. Or if, you know, 
it's it's a lot worse when you just stay quiet because we're getting to that realization that you just don't want to be a part of it. And if he's a problem with the national team like he's had before, uh, just say I you know I I choose choose not to and I and you know I and kind of he kind of does that already, but just say I want to retire, and it'll be done. Thank you, Bella. Thank you for what you did. You're an amazing player. You you know and that's it. Adriana. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think each player that is in here has a particular circumstance, but it looks like everything that happened after the World Cup again, I mean, you had players that just didn't want to be called up. Um, it was a moment where we were all um, not really knowing where the national team was headed because we had no coach. And all these um, all these versions started coming up saying that they weren't happy with the money mm -hmm. they were giving because of merchandising and marketing and stuff like that. So again, it's it's all this secrecy that goes around the national team that just makes it really difficult to understand why some of your top players don't want to come all of a sudden. So yeah, I mean, there's again, there's individual circumstances in this case, but if we were if we knew exactly what they were complaining about the other times, I think it would be a lot better for everyone to understand why there's this negativity around surrounding the team all of a sudden. And especially seeing as though it's Martino's first tournament, and yeah, we want to win the Gold Cup, and there's this rivalry with the U.S. I mean, you can all already imagine the final against the U.S., stuff like that. But when you start looking at your star players decided not to come again to, to a national team call-up, not only Carlos Vela, who has a history of doing that, um, it doesn't. It, it comes to show something that I think fans do understand, and they kind of get this this negative feeling about the national team. I mean, I remember after the World Cup when all these um, things started coming through with Chicharito, for instance, people weren't excited about the national team. I think they even didn't really want to care about it anymore. It was just like, yeah, okay, they're going to go play some friendlies in the U.S. And yeah, we've got some interesting young players. But it wasn't a national team, wasn't a product that you were getting excited about. And again, I think that that could happen again if, if we don't get any clarity about why these players are taking these decisions again. Yeah, I think we were even as as journalists kind of like, okay, it's a, we just got done with the World Cup and here comes all these friendlies that we don't even have a national team coach. I think I'm telling that some of you guys are like, ah, got to go cover a team, got to go and it's like for what? For what's the reason? I can see it that way. Here comes a, here comes our tournament. And I didn't even know some fans that are like, who cares about this tournament? It doesn't mean anything. Uh, so, you know, and I, at the point of 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 me kind of saying, so what what just because we're not in the World Cup, you know, we should only devote our players there. I mean, teams win World Cups because they play together. They know each other, and they need those teams. If anything, these this is this is a tournament we should win. We should be the best in, at the Gold Cup, regardless if it's crappy teams, like people want to say it, but because this is our tournament. Why wouldn't you want, you know, play the best players that are there? So, yeah, I, no, I, of course, I think the, the manager is always going to want the best, but from the player's point of view, it's just, I don't know, I you know, I don't know. It all feeds into the atmosphere. It's, it's a difficult one. From their point of view, they don't want to go back to training with the club who pay all the money. You know, they make give them big salaries, and especially the ones that are in Europe, they, they kind of want to establish themselves. They want to, you know, make stepping stones up. And when you're playing every two years, a, a you know a Gold Cup in the middle of June to July, when most players are on on break, you know, most most of the top players are, are kind of on break. Then I don't know. It does. It's difficult. And and but yeah, I know. I agree. I think it's the motivation and the quality of the quality of opposition as well. Um, like I'm sure a lot of these. I'm sure a few of those names would. I don't think Vela would be here, but I think probably Herrera would have turned up, and maybe the, he would have sorted out the situation with Tecatito if Mexico were in the Copa America. You know. I, yeah. I, I definitely think that. But I don't know. But they need to sort it out the the not just Concacaf, not just Mexico, but just the whole international football. It's just up in the air right now. 
Um, and from the Mexican players' point of view, especially the ones over in Europe, it's kind of like you've got the Gold Cup this summer, then you've got a friendly in, um, in what is it, San Antonio, and then you've got the games against like, who's like Bermuda, Bermuda and Panama in, in kind of October and November. It's like, then you've got March, you've got the, um, you know, the, there'll be the final of the, of the, of the CONCACAF thing. And so in the space of like nine months, you've got three CONCACAF tournaments, you know what I mean? And, and probably one or two friendlies and that's it. And it's kind of like, and then next summer, you're not going to have the Copa America. So it's almost like, I don't know. That's why I'm saying Martino inside, he must be worried because Mexico aren't going to play a good opposition, you know, and potentially until like the, the World Cup. I mean, obviously they'll have friendlies, but... Is there is there a tournament know. next summer? There's Copa America. There's a special but special that... edition of the Copa America and it was supposed to be in the States, but Comnibal rejected that and now they're doing their own thing in, in Argentina and Colombia. And we're not What's happened is that, that CONCACAF have basically said... You're not going. CONCACAF are kind of digging the heels in. This is what it seems like to me. I spoke to the president a couple of weeks ago, and he was kind of saying that um, that, that he's not letting the players, the the teams, the Mexican and the MLS teams, go to the Copa Libertadores. He's just like, why would we let that happen? We've got the CONCACAF Champions League, and I think the same from what Tata Martino was saying the other day. It seems like CONCACAF are saying the same thing for the Copa America. So I don't know. It's a tough one. We don't know that we don't know what the path is moving forward. Which I think feeding into what the players are thinking. If the, you know nobody knows, they don't know. They just prefer to have a few weeks off. You know, especially the older ones that have played summer after summer after summer. You know, selling all these tickets um, to fans in the states, um, watching the federation. You know, raking the money, watching Concacaf raking the money. And I think the players at a certain point are now like kind of like we want our share. If we're giving up our summer, if we're you know, we're making it so much more difficult for ourselves to establish ourselves in top top clubs. Then we want a bigger share, and I think that's you know that 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 feeds into I, it for sure. But it's kind of I go back to you. You're both using the national team. The, the reason why the players are that big is because of the national team. Tell me a player that didn't play in the national team that's as loved as national team players, and that it's part of you know your marketing. It's part of how you choose. It's. It goes hand in hand in that way. Carlos Vela started with the national team in the sub-17 World Cup, and you know all the players or or Herrera with the Gold Cup with the, with the, with the London you know Olympics and the way he is. And I'm not saying that they 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 shouldn't have been called up because obviously the talent that's there, but it's I think there's so much underneath the surface. And again, it's the problem of what happens in Mexican soccer is that we don't know what's happening. Um, and Carlos Vela could have a very legit reason that he's just, you know what, if I really tell the truth, then something might happen to me, or maybe he's scared, or, or we don't know. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, you and know. that's what's yeah. you never but, know. You never know. There's a reason why he didn't go to the World Cup, and I, I think it's because he was treated, and he just didn't want to bring it out to make more drama. And maybe he's coming yeah. out, you know what, keeping the high door. I'm just gonna be the bad guy because I really don't want to get involved in all this. I could see that happening. Yeah, but it it kind of goes down to you know I wish we kind of got out and you know let, let it all yeah, out. Yeah, we knew exactly about it. Yeah. 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 Herrera the same way. I mean, I it, yeah. it comes down to what happened before with you know him missing out and and all the all the federation kind of putting out there with that whole party. If that could be it, and and we know it after the World Cup, some players were not happy the way that they were treated by the federation, and maybe they can't say anything for contract reasons or whatever. That's it's kind of a mess. Yeah, it is a mess. The, the only thing I'd say is that it's the experienced players saying no. You know, the experienced players that have already got the profile, that have already been there, you know. 
It's not the younger, but I think the younger players maintain that, you know, I desire. At, I look at, like, Guardado, Ochoa, Raul Jimenez, you know, especially Guardado, who's been with the national team since 2006, 2007. You know, he's never involved in all that. Ochoa, who, who, who you know, seizes a national team and goes play, and I think there was one time where he said he didn't want to because of his kid, or and even Guardado also. You can kind of see the players, right? And I'm not saying the players need to die for the national team. We know Carlos Velas is, is the way that he is, and it wasn't expecting. But then we have we see the other players. I think I can think of you know Batistuta, who was like, yeah, I'm a polo player. I just play. I'm, my job is to play soccer to make money. But you know, I, I, the sport that I love is polo. You know, and, and that came out, and it was kind of like, wow. So I kind of like. There's got to be rules. If you say no, then is this you're done with the national team? Come out and say it. Cool. And that way the team can kind of move on. So. It's kind of hard, but we'll see where it goes. We'll we'll see where it all goes. I don't, I don't know if you were, you were going to say something else. I cut you off. No, um, there's a press conference tomorrow, so maybe some of the players will be asked about those absences and see how they... I don't think they'll impact the team. I mean, it's a pretty strong team anyway, but hopefully someone will, will speak out and just say, this is happening and this is how we feel about it and try to bring some clarity to the issues. So... Uh, let's see if that happens, and let's see what players. Um, I mean, Chucky Lozano traveled, and he's still injured. So we'll also know if if he's still considered by Tata Martino for the for the Gold Cup, and just see some of the other younger players that are um, not playing anymore with Liga MX, and see how they're doing with the team. I mean, you have some really interesting cases coming up as well. I mean, whenever Leon is um, well, whenever the tournament ends, I mean, you have Ivan Rodriguez coming in, talking about the younger players as well, um, Roberto Alvarado, um, Rodolfo Pizarro. So. Um, I just hope it's something that kind of breaks away from the younger generations like coming in. I think it's I hope it's just something that will get solved and that mm-hmm. it doesn't permeate into the younger players whenever they get the chances and say, hey, I, can't, I could just say no. I'm going to end with because we're, we're about to end right now. You know, J.J. Macias needs to talk to Carlos Bell and be like, I need to focus on my club, then go to the national team because we definitely <laughs> definitely need him for the final. So I'll go ahead and jump on the club. You know, if you don't want to go, you can go. But uh, it was actually an interview that said that, you know, I wish he wishes he would be at the final, but he knows that, it, you know, it's very important to be in the national team. And uh, I kind of go, look, it's true. For me, national team over club anytime, even though, they're, you know, it's a huge loss for me. There you go. I've, I've said it. It's good for AJ <laughs> Messi to say I am. Yeah, we are. And, and, but I think it's well, going to be exciting. We'll, we'll get to see them on, on Thursday. They play against Italy. First there we go. match of the U20 World Cup. U20 World Cup is starting out. All right, guys. Well, this uh, has been another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show to you guys. Uh, thank you for listening to us on this audio only, our second week that we have our, our, on our audio. And thank you to Cesar for hosting last week. We'll continue to do this and giving you a full hour of uh, non-stop Mexican soccer and uh, we'll hopefully keep on uh, making sure that we're giving you many different ways for you to listen to it from many different platforms so let us know how we're doing tweet at us uh, if there's a way to rate us on the platform that you listen to us do so it helps us out and we'll continue to give you guys a great show Mr. Tom Marshall are you going to go to the final are any of you guys going to the final I, th- I think I'll go to Leon the yes. second leg just a couple of hours drive down the road. Um, I try to look for tickets from Phoenix, and they're extremely expensive. I I, I kind of really want to go because it's uh it's Memorial Day weekend, and it's the play play on Sunday. So I might have to hit you hit you up and see where you're at uh, there in Leon, Levon. 
Saturday, <laughs> come back Monday. So it, it all depends how we do on the, on the first leg. So we'll see that. Uh, Adriana in La Ciudad de Mexico, thank you so much for joining. Um, I know that there's a, you and Amy are getting together this week to record a pod. Lots and lots of news on the uh, uh, Liga MX Femenil and the, and the ladies playing. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, so stay tuned for the Our Football podcast. We're going to talk about a little bit more about all these changes in the in the league, see what's coming up, players that might be changing teams maybe. Um, sure. And looking into all those all those movements because mo most of the teams are going to start their activities um, pretty soon. So we're going to talk all about that, national team as well. So yeah, look for the Our Football podcast. All right, amigos, this has been another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. Hasta la próxima. <laughs>